Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Our dreams try to solve conflict that we may not know we have. And in, in our sleeping moments, that conflict arises and, you know, our dreams, you know, process them. Yeah, there's alcohol in it and I couldn't continue. You can have it. You put alcohol No, in it's a coffee? long story. No, I didn't drink it. I was... Yeah, okay, Millie. I put I, alcohol in my coffee, but I just did it to look at it, not to drink it. <laughs> I wanted to sniff it. Resto martinis. M Millie's on one of those diets where you just smell your food. Shut <laughs> up. That's not so not true. Well, are no. you one of those people that are you one of those people that uh, watches other people eat what you want to eat? So no, 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 no. I'm like supposed to have a really strict diet because I have a million problems with my stomach, but I love food too oh. much to like not. I can't follow these rules. Like, but no, the reason with coffee is because I quit coffee two years ago, and then now like wow. when quarantine began, I was loss. like, what? Mm -hmm. Sorry, but I'm sorry for your loss. I, I'm sorry for my loss too, but like now I just can't live without it. When like Corona happened, I was like, "What other joys are there?" Like I'm bringing coffee back into my life, but like I'm so sensitive to it now that I like microdose coffee. Oh like I okay. just ask for watered down coffee when I go. Like I'm other people microdose. Millie's microdosing coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, coffee used to make me anxious as fucked and like the only I was, coffee I, that makes me anxious is starbucks the pumpkin spice latte oh my god i swear there's oh, more I caffeine in there the, than like, anything else i think it's all the sugar yeah. and like sketchy ass whatever you know what makes me anxious sometimes five gum i think it's so really? sugary that it makes me like an anxiety flare is that weird or you know you know there's another there could be a psychological reason for that too what's oh, that yeah, so if you want to hear it if you want to hear it Now's so a good time to introduce chew, Sasha, who's a... Chew gums? Yeah, I'm down. You chew gum before your first dates. Oh my god, wait! No. Yes! It makes you gassy and bloated because you just keep swallowing air. No, he's right. It might be the psychological thing also. Oh, it's like a because thing. it's a pattern. Yeah. Oh! Wait. It sounds so psychic. It makes oh. you bloated. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of O's and O's. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. You never know. That's hey, well, Sasha, do you want to explain to our listeners why you know this and who yeah, you are? Yeah, who are you? Well, are, you well, here? are you here? This guy just, like, hacked our Zoom meeting and, like, popped <laughs> in bombed. in the middle of an episode. Yeah, Zoom bomb. <laughs> Zoom bomb. My name is Sasha Khalili. 
I go to Antioch University. I, I work with um, addicts, like severe addicts, at um, a clinic called Beit Shuva. Um, it's a Jewish inpatient clinic, and you know, addicts come come through and they stay as long as they need to stay. And um, there's a whole treatment team. They have a spiritual counselor, they have a a, a drug counselor, and they have um, a therapist. And it's really interesting because um, it's unlike any other you know treatment center. Um, because it is so community like centered and that's really 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 important um for people that are struggling with addiction um i I graduated in december don't know what i'm doing after that a lot of unknown um but you know i'm definitely just gonna keep continuing getting my hours and um who knows who knows where um, this path will take me so definitely definitely looking at uh private practice down the line but you know, one step at a time, for sure. Well, congratulations. I didn't know you were finishing so yeah, soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, very exciting. Yeah. Well, so we spoke on the phone before we like decided to have you on and you were telling us about your career path before you decided to go back to school and like what sort of was yeah. expected of you. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? Well, yeah, it's the, it's that struggle of, um, you know, uh, going down like the meticulously crafted um, narrow lanes of you know doctor and lawyer in our our Persian uh, culture and that's been something that I've been contending with for a very long time and especially when you're a young adult you know you're you're constructing your identity your ego um, at every interaction at every point um, where you know you feel like you need to prove yourself or you feel like you need to, you know, make your mark. And that, you know, there's a lot of pressure early on. And I was going down the law path, took the LSAT. Um, I was going through like a lot of uncertainty um, at the time, like a lot of anxiety about the future, a lot of just, um, I wasn't secure in myself at all. Like, I was like, who the fuck am I? What am I doing here? Like, what, like, am I living somebody else's life? I don't know. Um, just a lot of I don't know confusion, um, this obscure haze. Um, so I did. I started meditating, and that really like helped me just calm, like the chattery voice in the back of my head that was always like, you know, like you're not you're not shit. You you don't know you don't know to the extent that you need to know. Um, you're not following the path. You're not you know a lot of just nonsense to be honest with you. Ch- uh, just chatter, um, and through meditation i started to just realize you know i listen to psychology like lectures for fun i'm like why am i doing that is there information here like what what is what is this process that i'm doing um and slowly like you know you start to see some signs and you um whatever you want to call it confirmation bias and you come to a point where you want to make a decision and you want to um explore this the unknown um and so I decided to do therapy school. Um, I like listening to people. I like, I think everybody has a story. Um, I like, I don't like superficial conversations at all. I think that's another part of what makes me love what I do. And um, yeah, I see a bright future. Sure. No, I'm happy that it's like, I think it's really common for a lot of people to have that 
chatter in the back of their head that's like i mean i still have it but me and natalie always like talk about how we either feel like this is what we have in common that we really feel like the ultimate shit like our just our self-esteem like just oscillates between being really high and really low which is like you know we're working on, i'm working on the balance still i mean i feel like in general anyone who has high highs only has low lows there's like we don't know how to do in between yeah so like i still have that voice in the back of my head like i do i feel like i'm someone who i i have i make decisions with conviction i do have that but at the same time there's always like a uh, back voice in my head that's criticized like i'm i'm my harshest critic so yeah um and like i yeah i think that is kind of part of like being in a persian family i mean for sure like it relates to everything but also if you're not like the typical persian that's like either like the guy that's going to law or medicine or the girl that's going to speech or what's the other one that persian girls do oh physicians yeah pa so if you're not doing one of those two and you're doing something that's on your own you're constantly gonna have this like inner battle that's like oh i'm on a path i'm getting there i'm gonna succeed but there's still so much unknown because you're on your own path. You're not on like a, like not on a typical, typical path where you know each next step that's ahead. Yeah. You know, so like it's like harder to thing. measure the value of it. And then also it's yeah. like, Oh shit, because I'm like veering off the traditional path and I have to make it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I better not fuck it up and like prove everyone right. That like, you can't. Yeah. And it's all out of a place of, I've noticed at least, and this is my own take on it, but I think it's all out of a place of, you know, you look at our culture, it's been through a lot of shit, you know, a lot of, you know, oppression, a lot of uh, subjugation, um, a lot of just unknown and fear. And I've noticed also, too, about Persian culture is that reputation is really big. Um, it's really similar to like Japanese culture where individuality is not really a thing. It's like more you represent your family and like the family is like the kingdom in a lot of ways. Have you ever like, have you ever like talked to somebody that you don't really know and they want to know if they know you and you and they ask for your last name and they pull uh-huh. in data, they pull in their database like in the back of their yeah. mind, like, oh my god do i know like an like an amin poor or do i know like you know and it and it really speaks to like can i trust you like what is your what rapport has your family built what like yeah, what's your worth exactly what's your worth what's you know but uh, another yeah. thing is like um i think persians have assimilated really well into american culture because there's similarities that we both really define our value by our labor essentially it's like why are, why is our job like our entire identity that's such an american thing but yeah. it's also such a persian thing yeah like our vocation is well, who we are persians like for a long time in Iran, there weren't last names. And then when they started choosing last names, it was either what city you were living in or what your family's like business wow. was. Yeah, what like Hawkshore, like cleaning dirt. They, they were gold diggers. They, I mean, they... they would sift through dirt for gold. That was their family's trade. That's what Hawkshore, like, just like... I don't know what other last No, that's name. a really good connection. Cool yeah. Yeah. They cool just had money. Cool <laughs> had, had money. I still yeah. can't believe that's a last name. Cool yeah, cool I'm blanking out on the other ones, but I'm sure anyone who's listening is like thinking of a million right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. 
that's a great connection wow i didn't think of that um i used to hate like especially my last name because we're we're the only i think jewish family um with this last name in the persian community it's uh very like Muslim Persian last name, Sanandaji, because right. it's right. from the city of Sanandaj, which is like a Kurdish city that was part of Iran. And it's actually the capital yeah. of uh, Kurdistan. And I used to always hate like my last name for that because it was so disconnected from everything. It just, it really didn't have much value or meaning in a, in a way when people would ask me what my last name was. Yeah. Um, but recently I got a new uh, admirer Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I work at a real estate firm in the city uh, that's like owned by Persians. I, it's like the most Persian thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> the podcast made her more Persian. <laughs> um, so while I was working for the firm, this guy from the census was like calling our firm to ask a question about our tenants. And I think he's Kurdish. So when he was emailing me, he came in person and then I had to email him something. And when he saw my last name in my email, he started writing me like full on like pages of like emails, like saying how my last name like reminded him of like his young years in Iran. And he like sent me a picture of him and his friend during the revolution in, in Sanandaj in Kurdistan. And I was like, whoa, like my last name has so much meaning like to this person. Sounds like he's trying to court you like. Wait, oh no, God. he actually said in his emails, he's like, he's like, I hope this isn't weird because I'm old enough to be your father, but I would oh. really just love to have someone to share my feelings yeah, with. Yeah, and he's like, pen pal, you guys Yeah, like pen we're pals. literal pen pals. Like, I, I answer him. Like, responses are like two sentences, <laughs> and his are like essays. <laughs> oh, and then one Monday, like, it was a very gloomy Monday, so he sent me pictures of, like, beautiful scenic views in Iran, and he's like, I hope these, like, brighten your day, and I'm like, he's so cute. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love the Shout Persian out appreciation for nature. Like, I have always heard, like, Buya, like, Hawaii, Iran, like, Mesla, Hawaii, like, no, like, no air of any other uh, place in the world. Like, yeah, yeah my, know, my like, dad would always say they have all four seasons at once, depending on what part of Iran you go to. Yeah. Yeah, most versatile country, most versatile oh, language. Oh, okay. <laughs> best language. My grandfather would say, like, it's the greatest language in the it's world. It's a very poetic, beautiful language. It's also full right. of shit. But no, because when something is so poetic all the time, it loses meaning. Like, when I hate when mm. women say, like, sorry, my back is to you. And then you have to respond, goal, uh, Posted, oh, a gold like a, a flower doesn't have a yeah. front or back. Like saying you're beautiful, like a flower. Like it's so funny how you like <laughs> don't speak Persian well, but you like remind me of the most random expression. I think it's because I don't speak Persian well that I hold on to certain expressions that really like either bother me or that I really like or find funny. No, I like you know what that. I mean? Well, speaking of, uh. like, our subconscious and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, Millie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'm so, so excited. <laughs> Me too. I want to – well, last night I was telling my um, – I recently started seeing someone. I was telling my boyfriend about the dream that I texted you that you're going to – so basically um, – should we say like we yeah we invited sasha to come on part of the things one of the things we want to talk about uh were dreams was Dream dreams, interpretation. he's going to going to attempt to attempt. analyze <laughs> you're so well I'm, trying, I'm just setting the bar low <laughs> look like no one well, can i give my spiel on dreams before we start yeah for just sure so we can set up i just okay. want to set it up so 
because I there's a lot of just you know um, misconceptions about dreams, and I feel like I don't, I'm not an expert by any means, but I feel like I know enough to you know attempt and like we're extrapolating here and like i'm gonna be using the word maybe a lot because what i say is not set in stone at all like and it doesn't mean like this is the ultimate uh, truth and way and you have to abide by it so in our waking moments every day like we're taking in too much information and like just random shit that we don't really um account for like we don't really like um process it you know um and when we go to sleep um usually in like your last hour of sleep where REM, REM starts to kick in, like dreams start to manifest and dreams, they don't like scientists and neuroscientists and like everybody that studies dreams, they can't come to like an agreement of like what causes them, how, uh, how they're caused, like w what their function really is. But there, there is some, you know, like um, agreement to some extent. Um, and the agreement is, our dreams try to solve conflict um, that we may not know we have. And in, in our sleeping moments, that conflict arises and, you know, our dreams, um, you know, process them and they work through them and they sift through them, through them and they take what they need to take. And they, I'm talking about them like they're like this separate being, but it's really us that's doing it. Um, they're, their use is to really um, use symbols and symbols are associations that mean, you know, what they mean to us personally and what they mean to like our culture, our society, uh, based on like your gender, sexual orientation, race, religion. We all have associations that we, you know, create. Um, and we agree on and inherently like we don't even know that we do but we do um and so yeah that's the, pretty much the basis of dreams um they can be very wacky like they they can be revolved around sex a lot of the times um because of you know like deep primal urges that's what freud would always obsess about um but i personally think they're they're magical and like there's a lot to be discovered there no, I'm obsessed with yeah. talking about dreams. I always yeah. like text you, oh, I had the strangest dream. And I'm like, when you are people going to get sick of me? You know what meme always reminds me of you? What? Because whenever I talk about a dream that was meaningful, like there's this, and you tell me about your dream, there's that meme where it's like other people's dreams, like something like interesting. And then my dream, it's like Elmo <laughs> holding an airplane, eating a lemon, and there's like a bomb happening <laughs> behind him in the sky. Like just like random like things absurd. that don't make sense yeah. and not, not None of them have to do with each other. It just looks looks like someone on acid had a dream. <laughs> like yeah. meaningless absurdity. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, of course, I have those dreams too. But I find there's well, we're gonna talk about it. Like me and you have had reoccurring symbols. Yeah. In our dreams recently. Do you want to? So talk about. I guess like um, we both told Sasha about like two oh, reoccurring okay. dreams yeah. that we've had. Sasha, do you want to start off with one of us? Well, and do you want to go ahead? Yeah. Well, I figured I would let him start I mean, off. And I mean, I mean, but do you yeah, want to explain it to the listeners what it was? Because oh, I should explain my dream. Or do you want to? I, I mean, thought Sasha was gonna. No, like you tell. No, no, just repeat it what it was, and then he'll oh. analyze it because the listeners. All right, so I could just choose either one I want. Is, is there one you want to talk about more? You don't care. I mean, um, they were both really compelling to me. So any anything that you oh, want awesome. to, okay. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so one reoccurring dream I would have, um, I've had this dream maybe like four or five times where it was my wedding day. And I'm like, I was like in the wedding dress, like at the hall and I'm always leaving the guy at the altar because it's never someone I actually wanted to be with. And in my dream, I'm like, how did I get to this situation? Why did I say yes? When he proposed, I don't want to marry this guy. I don't want to be married. I want to be free. And I would always leave the guy at the altar. And I was telling Sasha on our phone call before, um, before the episode that he's never seen the movie, but it's kind of like the movie Runaway Bride with uh, Julia Roberts, where she's always leaving this like guys at the altar. But in my most recent one, um, I was at like the end of the hall of the altar when the doors are closed and I'm like peeking through the door and the guy's under the chuppah and he's hysterically crying in front of all of our guests because he realizes I'm not going to show up. So then I was like, fuck, you know what? I'm just going to go through with it. But before I walked down the aisle, I called my divorce lawyer. I was like, listen, write up some papers um, because I'm going to get married right now just because I feel bad for this guy. I don't want to embarrass him in front of everyone. But like write up some papers so tomorrow I can sign them and get divorced. And that's, wow. all, that's all the dreams I can remember about weddings. I never have nice dreams about getting married. That's a lot of detail. And that's really good because we can work. So you ready? Yeah. Do I have consent to like pick apart? Oh, go ham. Okay, cool. Go, go in. I'm ready. Right. Go ham. I'm going ham. Okay, so literally the word alter means to change. Um, and marriage is like a huge leap and a huge trust, a huge loyalty, a huge faith um, that is like binding it binds you um and that's scary is it's scary it's um if you're not prepared it's very scary um and marriage in uh, persian culture is something that's very i wouldn't say nowadays but like um it's it, it has birthed from a place of like contractual um places of like contracts and like being like feeling like this is a right fit um, that everybody agrees on, not just you, but everybody. Um, and what one thing that really stood out to me that I didn't hear before that just really binds everything together for me, that, that what I just heard from you is um, you saw the guy crying in front of everybody. Um, and that's, that's, um, that's indicative that there's embarrassment. There's a theme of embarrassment. And what, what are you embarrassed of? It's whatever you're embarrassed of, you're trying to appease. And by walking down the aisle, regardless of whether you want to or not, you're appeasing your culture. You're appeasing the man. Um, what masculinity means to you, you're appeasing that. Um, like you're soothing it. You're soothing it so you feel like you're accepted and you feel like uh, your culture doesn't turn on you. And by walking down, you're like handing yourself over. But at the same time, you have doubt um, that you're going to stay with him. Uh, so like a lot of a lot of different themes like commitment, loyalty, faith, um, and how we've all been conditioned in a lot of ways to pick um, based off of like what the consensus feels like we should pick. If that makes any sense or you feels like it resonates with you. So I feel like in a nice way, you're trying to say I'm a commitment phobe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
when we leave people, we're abandoning them to a certain degree. And we do that because we don't know what the other side looks like. Um, and we abandon when we feel abandoned. Um, it's a cycle. So it could be that, you know, you don't, you fear abandonment. So when it's proposed to you that you should tie down, you're like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. I don't think I'm going to. I actually might abandon because I don't want to be abandoned. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> Wait, that's what I do all the time. If I could chime in here, I. This is the first time I'm hearing that you saw someone crying. I think in the previous ones there was no one crying under yeah, the altar. Yeah, it was Maybe the, it was the most recent one that the guy was hysterically crying in front of everyone, and I felt bad for him. So I'm like, okay, I'll just marry him so like he won't be sad, and then I'll divorce him tomorrow. Well, so yeah, I think like not only is that part of appeasement, but that shows like themes of guilt. I feel like that's something like you always feel guilty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for being yourself, kind of, and like also feel guilty for not ex like. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. No. I, I mean, don't. Know, I can't talk too much. But. There, there, well, there no, definitely that, has. Sorry, oh, sorry. Ahead. No, I was no. gonna say there definitely has been a pattern in my life where anytime I feel like someone is gonna do something to me, I try to beat them to the punch. So like anytime I feel like someone is gonna like turn me down I turn them down or like anytime someone like is gonna make me like feel like shit I make them feel like shit first I like I want to like beat them to it so like mm. I definitely have had that pattern there you go well, no I just meant in the sense that like you you saw someone crying because it was showing that you often feel guilty for making people feel bad and it's like you think it's your fault that they feel bad but it's not necessarily your fault so yeah it's like you feeling guilt that that was like this anyways I don't, I don't. Yeah. Well, that's another really good connection made. It's that guilt and that shame. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, that's my take on it. I hope that resonated. Yeah, it definitely does. Should we do one of Millie's dreams next? Um, well, I kind of want to bring up another one that I had recently, but I didn't text you about it. But I, d I did say corpses. I so yeah. well no i just like you also you also said um about giving birth which i think that's a really good yeah uh, so like yeah. recently the images are either like birth dreams or like death not me dying but like seeing dead things and like people dying i mean i've most of my life i've had many violent dreams but only recently in the last like month have there been like birth like baby dreams and things like that um so I had a dream recently where I was in Iran and I was in this room with like a few men and then my grandfather who um, passed away a few years ago was there. And ever since he passed away, actually, I have dreams of him really often and it'll be like, I don't think I was thinking about him before I went to bed. Of course, I think about him often, but it wasn't like anything happened right before I went to sleep. But I'll see him and he's like kind of dead, but kind of alive. And then mm. like, and he's actually happy, but then there's like some part where like towards the end of the dream, I'm like trying to preserve his corpse or something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very like disturbing, of course. And then this dream though, he was very much alive, but then I went into 
like this apartment had no windows, but it was attached to this building complex that had like, um, what is it called? Like a hall where you throw parties. What is that? Kind a of, banquet hall? Like a banquet hall kind of thing. Oh, okay. And there was a very lavish party happening. And then there was like an outdoor part and I was leaving the party like to, just to leave this building. And um, while everyone was like eating amazing food and dr having drinks, there was just like, Per Persian like the police officers were killing people and, and also not just police like just random civilians killing other civilians and people were just dying at your feet but no one was responding to it and it was like really really gorish um but like people were wearing gowns and fur and like you were just walking a, a, just next beside it yeah wow okay way to drop a bomb <laughs> Um, there's a lot going on in that one too. Um, so where does your grandfather tie into the, the one where, um, the banquet hall is happening? Is he, does he have a role in that dream or is it just, no, he was just talking like in this, it was his apartment or someone else's apartment. And he was also in his youth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I don't know, maybe this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or, no, 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 I mean, we're attempting. Uh, it's like a blank canvas and we're attempting. Uh, where were you, what were you doing in the dream? Um, I, I don't know. I was just conversating with these, like, I was in a room full of men and I think I was just talking with them or there was some sort of project that was going to happen, like something for work. I don't know. I'm yeah. always, a, I always find myself like around a lot of men. Only like recently have I built like strong relationships with women. So. Okay. Well, to me, this dream, um, the first thing that came to mind for me, and I'm doing this on the fly, so it's not going to be as maybe uh, in depth, but um, it seems like a banquet hall and like a party and all of these things, it's like a joyous occasion. It's like a lot of structure and a lot of just, uh, we're gonna have a good time. Everybody's kind of saying that to each other and it's like this soothing kind of thing. Like parties soothe us. You know, we go to a party uh, to have a good time and like, you know, enjoy ourselves. And um, and you, know, you said that there were no windows to the building. Um, yeah. And buildings uh, and dreams, they usually represent um like our sense of security um if you have a if you have a house in, in a dream let's say and um the doors are flung open and you know the back like the backyard is like you know messed up it's like it's like clustered mind uh, cluttered mind uh, clustered uh, room clustered house kind of a thing it, it's representative of your own internal world so if there are no windows it could mean that um you don't really let uh people see see inside or, or you don't let uh the, the inside to be exposed if there are no windows um and that's aside from the whole structure and parties that i'll get to in a second um and then the the police officers coming and killing people that's chaos so you have order like a good party happening and then you have chaos happening um and this dream could mean that when you feel like you have things in order, 
when you feel like you're partying and it's good and it's how you're having a good time. Um, you're not really letting the light in through the windows to see what kind of chaos could and it's gory and it's violent and it's out of nowhere and it's a buildup because maybe you've been partying for too long and the light hasn't been able to shine through the, the windows. Well, I, I think that's really um, like the part about the windows is really spot on because I don't let a lot of people in, but um, it's important to note that I actually had this dream shortly after that wrestler in Iran was executed for protesting. So th- I think that has to do with it. And I think that the party scene is like representative of what Iran is now. It's like, you know, super elite, but also surrounded by this, like, there is no freedom. Uh, do you know what I mean? There's right. anti-Semitism yeah. and... Yeah, but so why? Why would you pick a pick that setting specifically? I think because like in the past month we've interviewed two people, like we've had two different episodes interviewing two different people of podcasts who Iran. either live in Iran now or just moved here from to America from Iran. So it's like pretty relevant. Yeah. And then uh, my grandfather mm-hmm. on on my mother's side who passed away, like he when I was younger would teach me Farsi and like mm. he would give me lessons and he was just like very Persian mm. and um. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon, Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code two Donato's every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Like I associate him with, you know, like every whenever there's something in the news, like I would think of talking about it with him and things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, because you would put it into a nice context, a nice package, a nice, you put this bow of wisdom on it where it was nicely uh, sealed and packaged for you to absorb it and feel like, okay, things aren't as chaotic as they may seem. There's some order there. Does that resonate? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I translated what he said about your dream into something totally different about you. Oh. But I don't know if it's something you want me to mention on the podcast. It's just that like sometimes when you, you when you're having a good time and things are too calm inside you, it causes you to panic. Oh yeah, that's fine. You could that's I could talk, you could cuz yeah. you you kind of said something about um feeling calm but like not letting light in in a way and it can cause chaos inside and millie like has had a pattern of like sometimes when she's just having a good time and things are like too calm and you're just like at a bar and like everything's like too like shallow and not deep like it tends to like you like have like a panic attack sometimes and like it makes you panic on the inside yeah, I was having a panic attack today. <laughs> well, that th- well, th- thank you for uh, that. That's kind. Of, yeah, that was kind of what I 
was trying to imply. Yeah, I feel like um, it's like what you were yeah. alluding to, but you don't actually yeah. know that that happens to her, so you're not sure yeah. if you're touching the right yeah. point. But like, it actually made sense to me because like I've seen okay. that in her. Wow. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know you two personally, so like, I can't. Draw, I can't draw upon you know like specifics and all that. So it has to be. It's pretty like uh, vague, I would say. So it's up to you to apply what whichever way you want to apply it. Um, but yeah, that that light part is like casting light. Light is like you're you're not exposing something, but you're bringing it to a surface. You're like showing um, your shadow parts that they can be seen, mm. pretty much. And we all have a shadow. Indeed. <laughs> um, Did I spook you a bit? I, I can see your body language change a little bit. What? Who, me? No, you seem really, really chill. I haven't. Yeah. I don't. No. No. What is my body language? I don't know. This is something we also always talk about. It's like my body language is always really hostile, but I just don't oh, know how to. I'm, I'm going to make a shirt for Millie that says, take my facial expressions with a grain of salt. That was my joke about I, myself, though. I know, but I'm going to make you the shirt. <laughs> That's She's always, I, I say a joke and Natalie just like says it louder. Have you ever seen that quote online <laughs> that it's like the real artist is the one who scratches out the other person's name and puts their yeah, name on it? So that's me. I, <laughs> I am the real artist. I take credit for other art. Um, no, that's true. No, I'm just, sorry. I'm back to again thinking about myself and my body language. No, I think, I don't know. I I literally had two sips of coffee and I'm like I'm zooted off the coffee. Uh, do you want to talk that. about your second dream? Oh yeah, should I should I go on to my second dream? So my second yeah, dream is coming. Yeah. kind of weird. It's um it's a dream I've been having for years, but it's like me crossing the street and then a car is coming, and suddenly like gravity gets very heavy and I'm not able to cross the street fast enough. And I'm like trying to like push myself across the street. And then finally mm -hmm. I like kind of like hurdle myself and like just like roll on the street towards the mm -hmm. gutter and like I'm in the gutter and like the car passes by and like I save myself. Um, Wait, I didn't understand that that's what you had wrote and that was confused by your text. I've oh, had so many dreams like that. So really? Yeah, yeah. Which is like funny because I was saying in the text that I actually have been hit by a car before, but these dreams were happening way before that happened. Um, I was hit by a car like while I was walking. Before, yeah. But, um, but these dreams happened before that happened. Okay, so it's yeah. It's kind of like a panic um, dream. It's, it's like a Persian gypsy psychic. Like, yeah. Vibe, maybe. Yeah, maybe I <laughs> predicted my own uh, future. Oh, apparently gypsy is an <laughs> offensive word. So yeah, Sasha, what are your takes? Um, this one, yeah, this one was interesting to me. Well, first, that we all have the association, like our brain makes the association that when we control a car, like have you ever had a dream that, um, or have heard of a dream where, um you're driving and like you're drunk and you can't control the car or like the brakes aren't working. Um, yeah, I'm not drunk, but like all of a sudden, like the car just starts like malfunctioning and like, 
I've had this really vivid dream where it's always on Doheny Drive. So I know you're from LA too. (laughs) So it's like, it's, it's always on Doheny for some reason. And like my car just starts like veering off and and I can't stop it or do anything about it, but I'm not drunk. I just, for some reason I'm losing consciousness. Okay. Okay. That's another one. Yeah. Losing consciousness. That's another part of this. Um, so yeah, your, 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 your car and your dreams represent your life. Um, and how you control your life, what um, we like to think that cars like, you know, um, we, we maneuver them and we move, maneuver our lives um, and our, what we tell the car to do or how we control the car, you know, we expect it to have some sort of uh, feedback that um, is very similar to what we want it to do. Like when we make a left, when we jerk the, the wheel left, we expect the car to go left. So when we don't have that control of maneuvering our life, um, we, it's our subconscious telling us we don't really have a lot of control over our lives at the moment. Um, or, you know, we're trying to have control and we can't really. Um, hence, like, no brakes. Hence, like, losing consciousness. Um, and when you're cr- crossing the street, there's a social con- contract that we've all created together and it's pedestrians uh have the right of way every time right not everywhere (laughs) not everywhere not everywhere but in at least in where we live it's um well at least i I don't know what it's like in new york i'm sure it's very like um frantic but everyone has the right of way (laughs) yeah yeah well like the, the law says like the like a person that decides to walk when they are when they deserve to walk where, where it's green or whatever stop sign um they they have to feel the trust that is inherent to feel to walk in front of a a, a death machine a car a car can kill a lot of people um so going back to all of that you're it sounds like you're bracing for an impact you're bracing for something that you don't trust other people um, to do to do basically. So when you're walking and this car is about to hit you, you're not trust you're you're or you're you're not trusting the fact that um, it won't hit you. Mm. If that makes any sense. Can I just say so something weird that came to my yeah. mind? Is that like before cars existed, dream interpreters? their version would be like a horse and buggy (laughs) just imagine someone talking to a dream interpreter and be like i just have this constant dream where i'm in a horse and buggy and and when i whip the horse it doesn't go the right way and then like the interpreter's like yes horse and buggies represent us trying to control well it wasn't really established by that point anyways (laughs) that field of psychology oh no (laughs) okay then i guess that wasn't a thing but i was just thinking like the way dream interpretation has like changed over the years because there's just always new things that Mm -hmm. represent new things yeah well i mean so this this can go into the my second dream uh which i forgot to mention this symbol in it because it's kind of embarrassing and it like doesn't represent me at all but basically i'm pregnant in the dream and um i'm in some sort of like shopping area or like just i don't know some commercial area and I looked down at my finger and I bought myself my own ring 
And then I take my phone out and like take a selfie of myself, which is something I would never really do. I mean, for private selfies, I would never like, and I take Millie a selfie. Millie takes ironic selfies. <laughs> she does it to be ironic. And then I, uh, I like, so I'm in public and I take this photo of myself and I immediately post it like to Facebook, which is even more bizarre. <laughs> and I'm like, excited, like having a baby, like baby on the way. Like, it's like, fuck you. I would never, I don't write anything like that. Like I didn't even make a post when I graduated yeah. from college. Like I'm just, anyways, so I do that. And then like, I was just walking in this store that was, it was all outside and it was all windows actually. And then like, I'm mm -hmm. just walking, browsing and this baby just like slides <laughs> out of me you. and wow. I don't even feel it. It was just like <laughs> so natural. And then someone just cuts down umbilical cord wow. and it's just like, Oh, got a baby now. Like, I guess I just have a baby now. <laughs> And it was super chill. Did you, at least, did, you, did you at least pick it up when it slid out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if I, <laughs> somehow. Actually, I know someone who gave birth like that. Like, she went to the uh, hospital, and she doesn't scream, really, when she's in pain. So the nurses didn't believe she was having contractions because she wasn't screaming. So they kept making her wait. They wouldn't give her a room. So she just squatted in the middle of, like, the waiting room of a hospital and caught her own baby. Wow. Well, that would never happen to me because <laughs> I'm a neurotic mess. And I think I would, like, I'm not having an easy, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll surprise myself. But anyways, then quickly, I had a second dream about giving birth again. But this time I was in a hospital um, and it looked like it was in the 1950s. And then I gave birth, but maybe it was a C-section this time. And then, like, I don't know where the babies went. And then I opened this thing that looked like a brass chute. Or like <laughs> <laughs> a what? I didn't hear that. A like trash a trash chute in an apartment building oh. or like a, like a mailbox kind of <laughs> contraption. And I open it and there's like two beautiful twins. And I don't like baby, like I don't like infants. I like kids, some. But I don't like infants. I think they look kind of strange and I don't know how to interact with them. But I picked up these two twin babies and they were the most beautiful, serene creatures I've ever seen. And I just was like so happy to hold them in my arms. What was, were the twins a boy and a girl or a boy, know. boy? I don't know. They were just really pretty. But like, I don't like, again, I don't know why. It was just weird. Like, Well, you don't like newborn babies. Let's make that distinction. <laughs> Oh yeah, newborns look like aliens. Yeah. I think when babies reach an age where like they can like hold their heads up and they get a little bit chubby and their eyes are big and their head is almost the same size right. as their body and they look like bobbleheads, I think that's when they look the cutest. I like like four-year-olds. <laughs> I don't. They're so annoying. They talk so much. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're a healthy group here. I, I like babies. You know, they... they you get to control what they do. When they're four, they want they want to control the situation. No, the thing is, I want someone with autonomy. Oh, Anyways, okay. uh, so you can interpret that too, so. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. I'm learning a lot about you guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so this one. All right, this one's interesting to me. Um, pre the word pregnant literally means like pre-birth. Um, and before something is birth. It's, you know, growing, building, compiling, compounding um, into something that wants to be released. Um, and in this case, in your case, the release was pretty easy. 
Um, and this can like manifest in so many different ways. It's like a conversation that you've been wanting to have with somebody. It's a confrontation. It's an idea that you want to release. It's just something that you it's been compiling inside you that you just want to like get it out. Um, and in this case, the the transitions have been easy, and th- and that's what pregnancy and giving birth means and during this uh, transition, um, and a newfound responsibility that is birth once that transition happens um so you can like think about like maybe there's are you in a point in your life where is there something that you want to transition in is there something that you want to give new um light to um to get out of you um the twins one is i i'm not i'm still kind of um that one's a little bit more fragmented to me i'm still kind of pulling that one together but two is a very interesting number. That's why I asked if it's masculine or if, if it's a boy and a girl, um, because that could re- resemble masculinity and femininity and how um, you see two of them looking back at you in this beautiful light. It's like, you. Wanna, I think actually you I remember telling someone about it. I think it was one boy and one girl because that was the one thing that, yeah, it struck me because I, if I have children, I do want one boy, one girl. Um, Okay. So maybe I don't know, but they they looked like the same. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it was. I mean, that's what twins do. Something. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, but like they didn't look gendered. Is yeah. Well, babies twins never look. Have you ever looked at a baby and been like, it's a boy? When they're just. It depends born, where you're look looking. Yeah, it depends where you're looking. Depends where you're looking. Okay. Well, I'm but sorry. Even then, I'm not even checking then. out babies' genitalia constantly. I'm usually looking at their faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did that <laughs> about our guest here? Uh, wow, it's interesting to know that you're like in a podcast format. You're being recorded, and everything is being going out into the um, my first podcast. So it's interesting that you guys are very free. Um, well, you said that, you don't like superficial conversations, so we're just trying to keep it real. <laughs> Um, no, no, it's it not that I don't resonate. like them. It's just like they bore me sometimes. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I'm, I just, <laughs> but uh, so I looked up all of the symbols. Like I often, whenever I have a dream that was like very vivid or something, I look it up mm-hmm. online the next yeah. morning. Um, and that that is like sort of what I read. It's like birth, like a new beginning. Like you obviously expanded on it more, but that's mm-hmm. like what it implies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also, like, because it's saying, like, oh, you're entering a new stage in your life, and I really do feel different recently. I don't know how to mm-hmm. explain it. Like, I always say, like, every year in your 20s feels like a decade because I just feel personally, like, feel very different from, not that my personality has changed, but it's just, like, you're maturing at a way more rapid right. rate. And then I feel like when you get 30, you just stop. Like I, we're actually always just like messed up 20 something year olds. I feel like no one, like what is adult? No, what I is definitely an adult? agree with you. Cause like 16, 17, 18, like what were really the differences between those? But yeah. Like, I feel like once you hit 21, it's like 21 so different from 22. Yeah. 22 was so different oh, yeah. from 23. 25 is For just sure. like, it, oh yeah. Like, so we both recently yeah. turned 25 and I feel yeah. like, yeah, I just feel very different but like good yeah. like i'm i make decisions that i'm proud of and i feel like i i don't know like there's always I, well at least in america or like maybe it's just the 
popular culture these days. It's like this obsession with youth. And as much as I have moments where I'm like, I don't want to get older. I'm also like, but I don't want to be who I was last year. Like yeah. I love me yeah. right now. Yeah. I don't want to like, so like I'm excited to age because I just feel like I'm bettering each year. I know it sounds kind of like weird and cocky, but or not like, I don't know. But no, listen. No, it's, 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 like, it sounds healthy. It's honest. School and some didn't. Yeah, sounds healthy. Throw <laughs> shade. <laughs> like past enemies. Um, yeah, but. Well, that's the beauty of getting older. It's like you, you lose. Um, you you lose what like is presented nicely. You know, like like no wrinkles and like. Know superficial things, right? Well, Surface I have a things, very, then... very meticulous skincare routine, so. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're you're oh. the anomaly then. Also, um, I'm I'm convinced I'm not gonna wrinkle, and my metabolism isn't gonna slow down. Yeah, well, I don't know what Natalie's doing. I but say, I, I wash my face with soap. <laughs> yeah, Natalie's like, use his body. I don't want to talk. We don't want to talk about Natalie. Millie gets really upset about my skincare routine. It's okay. Um, yeah. yeah, well, but you get wisdom in return. You know, you get a deeper sense of self, you get a deeper sense of like anchoring, like how you anchor yourself. Um, but it sounds like you're getting the wisdom and, you know, no crow's feet. So, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> all the power to you. No, yeah. but also, you, I feel like the older you get, the, stop, the less you care about like stupid little things you know what i mean like when we were like 21 well, for everyone it's different yeah i just feel like when we were 21 we cared about like such different things than we care about now and it's like we're caring about like smarter things i feel like more important yeah like we're prioritizing yeah 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 well i mean but also there's like the negative th- like i'm framing it in a positive way right now but of course like <laughs> there's another aspect to aging which is like whenever i'm going through something difficult um and this is part of like you were saying oh you you get panic attacks when things are going good because i'm just like something bad's gonna happen like i'm not always like that but a lot of the times i'm like things are going too good like something bad's gonna happen Mm -hmm. which is a bit like you know persian in itself or that kind (laughs) of fear um you gotta expand it you know yeah, but I just feel like yeah. I'm constantly being. T- yeah, I gotta. S- <laughs> you gotta do that. S- you do that, S- S- bro. Um, but I feel like it's just God or whoever. It's just like, wait, another thing. Like I feel like I'm constantly being tested, and also every year there's like a little bit less lightness in me. Like you, you kind of lose innocence every year, and with mm. that comes wisdom, but with that also comes darkness. Yeah. So. I don't know, just like things feel a bit heavier. Like I feel like what makes people look, because sometimes they look at younger people and it's not that they have, it's not a wrinkle thing. Like there's just something in their eyes that looks a bit more like they haven't seen as, I don't know. It's it's not a wrinkle. Again, it's yeah. just it's just a, the look behind their eyes. And yeah. I mean, this world that we live in takes a toll on you. Like life takes a toll on you. You know, and like yes. it's not, it's normal and it's natural to like feel like it's becoming heavy. But, um, that like, you, you said something that really interests me. It's like you're, you're looking, you're look that adversity. Um, it sounds like you're looking for it. You're looking for the next test, the next goal. And when things go, are going well, you know, it's 
we're, we're creatures of burden. Like we like having a new goal uh, and goals bring dopamine and then dopamine brings uh, a new motivation for achieving even more goals. Like it's embedded into our like physiology or biology to like want to have adversity, like want to seek out the threat. Um, and sometimes it gets overbearing as hell because we don't, we like things are okay. Like we don't have to be worrying, you know, but we have this ancient, like archaic reward system in us. That's like, no, like there's, there's something around the corner and we always have to be like wary of, uh, of it being there or not unknown. Yeah, that's really true. I feel like I had that as a kid more than I do now. Like anytime things were too calm in my life as a child, I was just like, something is going to get fucked up. Hmm. I feel like the older I got, the more I was just like, hmm, whatever. If that's where a lot falling, of self-destructive behavior comes from too. What because about? Sorry. No, sorry. What did you say about destructive behavior? Oh, I was just saying that's why a lot of people are self-destructive. Uh, um, not, not, I'm not saying you, you two are, but I'm just saying that that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, things are going too well and we don't, the people that are self-destructive, they don't, they're not used to that. So they find something to kind of bring them back to that baseline of like, no, I need, I need some like chaos, you know, I need some, something that is familiar, you know, something that's comfortable. I mean, I kind of like resonate with that i don't know it's like when when things are too good there's too much to lose so you just want to get rid of it so that there you don't have anything to lose you know what i mean i don't do that but oh well, uh, i'm so happy for you no no i'm just saying <laughs> I, I don't do that but if you do like well no what do you mean like i have unnecessary panic attacks but then like you know what i mean that's how i thing but then you have like someone you you even said that you try to sabotage things because you don't you don't want to be the one to get abandoned you want to be yeah you, so I, but i do that i'm just trying to identify out each of our honestly issues. i've, I've realized <laughs> so that the most because um basically my friend our friend hadar is sitting in the corner this whole time and not making any noise but she pointed out to me more than anyone else in my life that i always need to beat people to the punchline anytime i feel even the slightest bit of like aband like not abandonment or like um rejection i feel the need to reject them first or abandon them first so that they can't yeah. do it to me and yeah. sometimes it's not even coming sometimes it's just something that i feel that's not even there so then i fuck things up even though things weren't gonna get fucked up yeah and you know you know what's interesting that I, I tell my clients a lot of the time is emotional pain. Your brain doesn't can't like decide what's emotional pain and what's physical pain. Like you, it, it triggers the same parts of your brain. Um, and what like what do you, what do you do when you put your hand over like a really hot stove? You like you're like ah oh, shit. You like take your hand away from it. You 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 go away from it. You evade it. It's the same thing with emotional pain. So it's like important to ask yourself, like, trace it back. Like, what was a time where you felt that, where like you don't want to feel that again? Like, you want to take your hand away from the stove as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. That's if that helps. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying if someone hasn't felt 
abandonment before they're not going to do these things because they like nothing in their brain is triggering that because they haven't felt it it's not that they haven't felt it it's that it it hasn't maybe it hasn't had as much of an impact as let's say like another thing has but in your case it's it's a pretty prominent theme because it's it also goes back to your the the getting hit by a car um dream which i honestly didn't do a good job uh explaining that one but i just wanted to attempt again because the way other people control their lives or manage their lives um you're not um you're not able to like accept or trust that so you run and you 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 look for cover it's the same thing with the abandonment um you don't you don't you don't trust people to not abandon you so then you either you run or you so i don't know if that makes sense start crying (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding well no also no but it is it's true i i I just want to say i appreciate the fact that you're able to be public about this and like and we're basically doing a therapy session right now oh yeah i Um, have a thing in my body and like in my brain i don't know how to feel embarrassment so a lot of the times i just put myself in in situations where like i don't get embarrassed well i think like me and you don't really feel that like for we don't we can't really fathom how real and permanent things of on the internet are like some people are really (laughs) aware of how permanent like you know what i mean but like we put out like an episode every week and you know what i mean like it doesn't we're not that so because yeah we don't even we're not really affected by yeah yeah. and we don't get to see people when they're watching when they're listening so we don't know how people are reacting to what we say we just put things out there and like in my head no one yeah (laughs) like literally my head i'm like no one heard that episode (laughs) well do you have like listeners like reach out to you and be like this one thing you said really like helped me or like oh yeah uh, we for still sure. get those really often yeah. but still oh it yeah like, occur even then, like, on, a like daily, uh, on a daily basis i never think about it yeah. until someone reaches out but like and other then we than start that, sweating and we're like wait like oh my someone God, people has, heard us people, <laughs> people heard our private conversation that we uploaded on the internet like, yeah i don't know why like also i'm i'm kind of shy but then i like i'm not scared of public speaking like i'm not like I can perform things like I don't know what's up with that like <laughs> but then I'm like too hedge that to mm-hmm. like accept a cup of tea at someone's house <laughs> like well one one is more like personal and the other one's like more like like distant kind of like a group talking to like a group is like way more uh not it's not as personal like you're just talking to like a mass of people but then when you're like accepting like a, a chai it's like way more like yeah. personal it's like well the thing yeah. is i think with natalie me and natalie both of our walls are like built so high that like we just exceed in like performing our personas and like only doing exterior things like we we joke about we're like oh yeah we're being so like open and stuff like that but it's like at the same time it's um it's not completely performative but it's also do you know what well, I there's mean? a balance oh, yeah. there's a balance like you need persona. Persona is the way people trust you with deeper things. You know, like, like the, like, you know how I don't like small talk as much. It's like, I don't even have that. Sometimes I won't even, if I, if I continue thinking and living like that, I won't even have the ability to build rapport with somebody that can even allow them to get on a deeper, super, uh, not superficial level. Like you need yeah. a balance of it, you know? 
Mm-hmm. No, that's true because everything starts off as a small talk in a sense because yeah. you don't know the person yet. So if you don't yeah. like accept the small talk, even though you don't want to, it's never going to get to that next level. Hundred like, percent yeah. deep conversation. Unless you're like me, that like all my small talk is just me like verbal like word vomit of me just saying things. Like, <laughs> my problem is I'm a hundred percent of myself a hundred percent of the time. So like on a first date, I don't know how to do cute small talk. I just like talk about everything that people would talk about like on a fifth date. Yeah, same. I don't know well, how that, to, well, I don't know how to be that though, like less of myself. Well the, the, the you don't need to refine yourself. Like that you're you're being unapologetic in who you are. And and some people don't discover that part that part of themselves like way deep into a relationship and then once they do they're like oh i don't like you <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy your company like i enjoy my company more and i soothe myself to get to this point i realized no um so mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to like uphold that like and just be all of you amazing you, you're gonna find like a, a clear reflection of what you want if you continue that yeah, I, yeah, in a sense, like you weed out the people who can't handle you or who don't actually like you because you're just you from the beginning. Yeah. So basically, I'm just doing life right. I'm just winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we've. I can't <laughs> even see our... how long we've gone. Yeah, like, sorry. It just got like we're recording into yeah, the right. sunset. It got really dark. Yeah, yeah. sorry. We're just black blobs at this point. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. I'm happy we like sure. finally got everyone like on the same schedule, different time zones, and everything. Yeah. And I, I think our listeners really like maybe they'll uh, reach out to you. Do you want to like? give your information yeah do you want to plug yourself um i i, I know I'm you're not practicing on, but yeah i'm getting on like the whole instagram branding type thing but um it hasn't been launched yet but my instagram is called surrender for uh serenity um that's surrender but for that's serenity. not okay. yeah that's not launched yet but if you want to just follow me on instagram i post like once a week type uh questions just to get like the juice is flowing for somebody on social media that might not be thinking about like psychology or mental health or anything like that. Um, so if you want to follow me um, on either account, Sasha Khalili um, or Surrender for Serenity, that, that'll be like launched soon, I think. But um, I don't yeah, have anything maybe. really to plug. I just that it was a pleasure just to come on and to talk about anybody. I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity of um, just doing a podcast first first one for me so um hopefully we can do one down the line again yeah sure you were a natural maybe our our listeners will send us yeah maybe our listeners will send us their dreams then you could come on and shit on other people instead of shitting (laughs) 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 i'm down for that yeah Uh, yeah but in all seriousness it was a pleasure having you on yeah i really enjoyed thank you so much for coming on as well thank you thank you all right Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 
Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.